Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here in our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So I'm doing something a little different. We've tried this a while back, and I'm trying it again. We're trying to uh, get the podcast episodes video recorded just so that there's another way to reach you guys out there. Some people love video. Some people love uh, just listening. And so I'm trying to experiment with different ways of um, getting the podcast out there. So today I am actually putting up a video recording of this podcast and we're going to kind of experiment in the next few weeks with it. So you may see some more video or this may be the end of the video. You may see, you know, we'll see. So anyway, I wanted to talk today about making do with what we have. Do you remember like your grandparents, how they cherished things and how like they may do with what they have and or what they had and they didn't run to the store they didn't have a dollar store they didn't have amazon prime they didn't run out and replace things when they needed them but they really took care of things um and so being a good steward uh, is part of that, of, of caring for what you have and making do with what you have. But it's also, again, going back to the simple um, living mindset and really focusing on the things that matter most. So we're going to dive into that topic. But before I start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, as always, Apologia. Apologia is a Christian homeschool publishing company. They have lots of curriculum. They have resources, even if you're not a homeschooling family, uh, biblically sound resources. But if you are a homeschooler, right now is their back-to-school sale. So you will want to head over to Apologia.com and see all the wonderful things they have to offer. I know I'll be placing an order um, because we have always used Apologia and we love their resources. So go check them out. Check out their amazing sales right now at Apologia.com. So let's get back to talking about making do with what we have. So I was thinking about this a lot this week, and I don't think it's um, a coincidence that I'm recording this today on what would have been my grandma's 100, uh, 102nd birthday. She passed away, I guess, about 11 years ago. Um, and so I was really, really close with my grandmother. And she lived upstairs from me my entire life. What a blessing, right? And she definitely lived simply, definitely made do with what she had. And I don't think it's coincidence that I had this podcast in mind uh, for today. And then realizing it was her birthday, I was like, oh, that's really cool. So let's talk about making do with what you have. You know, in the age of Amazon Prime, in the age of everything is sort of replaceable, do we start to treasure our things even less because we can replace them? Meaning, do we like stop taking care of things as much as we did? Because we know that we can replace it. Um, and I think also, you know, like I said, getting in that mindset 
of um, not relying on stuff to make us happy, being content with what we have and not, you know, trying to have more. A few weeks back on the podcast, I talked about um, renovating your heart instead of your home. And I think this ties into that a little bit. So if you didn't hear that one, you'll want to go back to the archives and listen to that one. Um, But things weren't disposable back in our grandparents' time, right? It was like you cherished the things you had. And if you didn't have something, you made do with what you had. And, you know, I think this goes back to my whole mission here at Simply Living for Him which is the more you desire him, the less you desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply because when you focus on Jesus, you don't really feel the need to fill up on other things, especially things that you can't afford or that maybe just are out of your reach for whatever reason. And so um, when we are content in Jesus, We don't focus on worldly things that we don't have. Um, You know, everything else is like icing on the cake. When we have Jesus, we're content with just that. And we don't feel the need to strive after, you know, the things of this world. And, um, you know, I think of this story. Many years ago, I was on a women's retreat with my church and we had a woman who is from our church and she was on the retreat and her story blew me away. It was pretty life-changing that night to sit and listen to this story. Um, I'll give you the very brief synopsis because it's a long and involved story and I probably won't even do it justice. But she was um, escaping her country with her family. She was in Africa at the time um, in Rwanda when there was all that unrest and You know, people were coming in and, um, you know, killing you if you weren't a part of this tribe or whatever. I don't know all the details exact, so I don't want to mess it up, but I have the idea. Um, But what I do know is that they were escaping because she was married to somebody in a different tribe. And so their life was literally on the line. People were after them to kill them. And so she had young children, a husband, and they were escaping. And she told this, like out of a movie story that night. And I just sat there like wide-eyed, listening and hanging on every word. I was like, we don't even know what it's like in America. Like we think hardship is my air conditioner broke or hardship is, you know, um, the grocery store was out of my favorite ice cream or hardship is, um, you know, I had to sit on traffic in traffic today on the highway. Like we just don't get hardship. I know there are people out there who do. And I'm not saying this for everybody. But on the whole, right, we don't live every day trying to survive. We don't live every day with people chasing us to kill us, you know. So anyway, I was listening to this story and I was just like, wowed. I was just so you know, um, taken aback by every detail of how they were escaping and hiding and uh, running. And, you know, her instinct was just to protect her children. And again, this is something that is so like foreign to us. So anyway, she gets to the point in the story where they are almost caught and they're hiding. They're hiding from the people who are going to kill them if they find them. 
and miraculously they escaped they survived they were not caught um and the story of them just getting out of the country and to america and all this is just like unheard of stuff right but this is the part that was life-changing for me to hear she said how after that happened because she thought for sure she was going to die she thought for sure her children were going to die she said after that happened (laughs) Every day on earth now is just the cherry on top. She said she knows where she's going when she dies. She knows, uh, you know, that this life is just so temporary. She was at that moment where she really thought this was the end. And because it wasn't, she said everything else is just cherry on top. She has Jesus. She has her family. She is safe here in America. Everything else is just a cherry on top. She said she lives every day with such joy. And honestly, this is one of those women that I look at and I I say she has such joy. She worships on Sunday just with such joy. None of that like stuff that we all sometimes carry with us. She just worships. You can see it in her face. She has such joy. Joy because she knows she was this close to having her life taken, her children's life taken. And so she said every day is just a cherry on top from there on. And this was like, I don't know, at least more than 20 years ago, probably now. Um, But this is a woman who taught me what it means in Proverbs 31 when it says she laughs at the future. That verse struck me that night because I was like, you know what? You're a woman who laughs at the future. You have no worry for tomorrow. You have joy in today because you saw what it what this life was about because you were so close. And so this is a woman who wasn't striving after the things of the world. She's so content with Jesus. This is a woman, I don't know her very well on a day-to-day basis, but I bet she makes do with what she has because she's so grateful for what she has. So that that story kind of was brought to mind this morning as I was preparing for the podcast that, you know, are we a culture who lives like that? We, I don't think overall, I'm not saying that you out there who's listening, you don't, but there's many of us who don't, myself included. You know, last night I woke up in the middle of the night um, with just sometimes this happens to me with anxiety, right? I've talked about this many times. And last night's happened to be a thing that woke me up and had me just focused on finances. And, you know, we're, we're at a time right now where we've got college um, coming up. And, you know, we've always lived really, uh, I don't want to say really comfortably because that makes us sound rich. We are not. Um, but we've, I know what it's like to, to, um, to struggle. Steve lost his job many times and we really, really just had to make do with what we had. I remember clearly in our early years of marriage, and I don't even want to, I even hesitate to say this because looking back, it wasn't like we were poverty stricken. But (laughs) if I look at like how our culture is, we were at that place where we really had to make do with what we had because I remember Steve lost his job. You know, we always struggled because I was going to be a stay-at-home mom no matter what. Like that was not even negotiable. Even if he was losing his job and we were, you know, um, having to really uh, live simply, um, 
I knew that was, I wanted to be home with my children and that if we just trusted God, he would provide for us what we needed, not what we wanted. Sometimes I wanted to order a pizza and we couldn't afford it. I remember pizza was $8 and we'd be like, we can't order a pizza. Like we don't have the money. You know, and I look back at that and I'm like, wow, I take for granted now that we're like, hey, you want to order pizza? Let's order a pizza. I remember somebody saying to me, another mom back then, that she loved Fridays or was it Saturdays? I don't know. Someday on the weekend because it was um, pizza night in her house. And she said every weekend, whether it was Friday or Saturday, she said it's pizza night. So that one day a week I get off from cooking and she's like, you know, you should totally do it. Because it's so wonderful to have um, a night off from cooking. And I'm thinking, so like say the pizza's $10. That's $40 a month? Like I remember thinking that was outrageous. Like I can't have a pizza night. $40 a month. So I, we got married right out of college. Like I said, we had kids right after we got married. Um, I got pregnant with Grace. So we struggled. So I... Over the years, Steve has been more successful in his job, and we don't have to think about ordering pizza anymore. Again, we're not rich at all. <laughs> but um, sometimes I want to go back to that mindset and remember what it was like to live like then because we get too comfortable in the fact that I can just order a pizza. Something breaks, I'll just get a new one. You lose something, we'll just get a new one. You know, something wears out, we'll just get a new one. And I've been thinking more and more about how I want to go back to that mindset of, do I really need this? And can I make do with what I have? And it's all about our mindset. First of all, we have Jesus. There's really nothing else we need. Let's put it at, let's, you know, let's, let's really think about that. There really isn't. We as Americans think there's a lot of things we need. We don't. Um, we are more than comfortable. We are, a, the, you know, richer than any country. And I feel like we're, our country as a whole, I'm not singling people out because we're not in debt, our family, but this country, many families are living in debt. And we know what the Bible says about that, right? You're a slave to your debt. And, and we want to be a slave to God, right? And so we don't want to have two masters, so why does this country have more than ever, but we're in debt? Because, and this is not a financial lesson at all, that is not my place. <laughs> but it's because we want more stuff. We don't want to make do with what we have. We want more stuff. And I, you know, I've talked about this on recent podcast episodes. You know, what happens with HGTV and Pinterest and Instagram? Those things are creating in us the false idea that we need more, that our homes need to look a certain way. If you go to a country, and I talked about this recently on a podcast episode, where they're living in a hut no maybe running water, no electricity. They have Jesus. These people are full of joy. They have like, you know, whatever, the clothes on their backs, the shoes on their feet. They have Jesus. Like our view is so skewed because of the consumerism, because of the um, visual 
stuff that we see every day telling us we need it, we need it, we need it, we want it, we want it, we want it. And so lately I've been thinking, I mean, we need to, Steve and I need to get our finances in order because we've been living a little bit comfortably as comforting as in meaning like we can order a pizza, not like we can travel the world. (laughs) But we don't often say like, "Mm, maybe we shouldn't order a pizza, it's not in the budget. So this year, like I said, because we're coming up on college, there has been a little bit, a little bit, there has been a very bit, uh, finances are very tight. So we are at the point where we're like, we don't need to go to the Dunkin' Donuts drive through we have coffee at home, right? So we're starting to make those decisions. But I feel convicted more than ever, partially because, like I said, we have to, we're in this financial crunch more so because of college and, and just lots of expenses and things. But um, I don't see that as a burden and I'm not seeing it as, oh, woe is us. I'm actually seeing it as, good, this is forcing us to live how we should be living anyway. We shouldn't be living above our means. We shouldn't be um, not good stewards of what we have and we can make do with what we have. I mean, I'm guilty than anyone. I see my email comes with the Old Navy sale of the day and I'm like, oh, I've got to go. They're having a sale. That's my weakness. Or, you know, um, whatever it is, everybody has a weakness. You know, Amazon's having a sale or, or somebody's having a sale and, you know, whatever your weakness is. Um, and I'm looking at that as like, I have a closet full of clothes just because there's a sale. I don't need anything. Um, and how do I make do with what we have? Like this year, and maybe I'll bring you guys along on this journey, but we're really going to be um, putting, pulling, I don't know what the, the uh, I don't know what the phrase is I'm looking for, but <laughs> putting the reins on our finances, I don't know. Like we're really going to be um, scaling down and really being more aware and I don't want to say one of those like no spend years, but if we're talking about making do with what we have, we really could do that. We do not need to buy anything extra for the year. I think we're good. Like we all have clothes. You know, of course the kids might grow out of things and will need things, but I'm not growing out of anything at this age, right? So I have a closet full of clothes. Um, There's really not a lot of things that I need. I have my home that you all know I love so much. And I just adore being outside with the kids this summer, living simply in in my mind that like, we don't need to be entertained. We don't need to go anywhere. Uh, I'm entertained by my goats, quite frankly. (laughs) Who needs to go to the movies? And so I want to get in that mind frame of really making do with what I have. And you know, like I said, there's these challenges out there, like no spend for a year we may have to do something like that because, you know, just because we want something, just because we want to go somewhere, because going places costs a lot of money too, experiences, doing things, trips, etc. It doesn't mean we have to do it. And I want to get back to that mindset of my grandparents. You know, like I said, today was my grandma's birthday. Here's a really great story to to kind of uh, highlight what what I'm trying to say here. And it really shows how much our culture has changed over the generations. Because what I'm about to tell you, you're all going to be like, wow, because it wouldn't happen nowadays. My grandparents lived in a um, a three-family house. So actually, it's the house I grew up in. My grandmother's father built it. 
The house was in her family the whole her whole life. She lived in it her whole life. So it was three families, first floor, one family. The second floor was like another um, identical apartment. And then the third floor was a little bit of a smaller one-bedroom apartment. Family members lived in it our entire life. And so growing up, I lived on the first floor with my family. And then my grandmother lived on the second floor. And then her aunt actually lived on the third floor. And um, when she was married, I think her parents were living in the downstairs. And she was living in the second floor. And she had twins. She had twins. After many years of actually not being able to have children, God blessed her with twins. And it was my father and my aunt. And there's two bedrooms in this um, apartment. And so the apartment consisted of a kitchen, a dining room, a living room, two small bedrooms, and then the bathroom. And so, and then there was like a, a porch area in the front and it was um, enclosed. So when she had her twins, see now back then you didn't know you were having twins. Now she may have known she was having twins, but she definitely didn't know she was having boy girl twins, but she may have known. I don't, I don't know for sure. She probably didn't. But anyway, so here they are in one bedroom and then she has the other room for the babies, but then she has a boy and a girl. And of course, when they're babies, that works, you know, you make do with what you have. And so they had their room, but then as they got older, she knew they had to separate uh, the boy and the girl. And plus these bedrooms were tiny, especially compared to modern uh, houses. These bedrooms were tiny, tiny little closet. There was no such thing as a walk-in closet. Um, and so, and I remember I shared a tiny little closet like that with my sister growing up. No such thing as walk-in closets. Nowadays, everybody has their own room with their own walk-in closet, including the children, right? And so, actually not, not our family, our three boys share a room, but they have a very large room. So I don't want to make it sound like it's a hardship. They, they share a nice big room. Um, but anyway, so they had to separate them. So do you know what they did? Now, what would we do in our day today? We wouldn't make do with what we have. We would say, we need to move. We don't fit in this house. We need to move. They didn't move. My grandmother and my grandfather gave up their bedroom and slept in the living room. Not just for a few years. Until those little twin babies, my dad and my aunt, got married and moved out. They did not have a bedroom of their own. Think about that in today's standards. You would think that was impoverished, right? You would think that was such hardship. Because nowadays, not only do we have to have a bedroom, it needs to be a large bed bedroom with a sitting area, a walk-in closet, you know, all this grandiose stuff. I never heard my grandmother complain about that. It was just like, you do what you do. The kids needed bedrooms. Sometimes they slept on that enclosed porch in the summertime when it was warm. But they didn't have a bedroom. But this wasn't like a thing. It wasn't a big deal. It was like I said, it was just what you did what you did. And I find that fascinating. I feel like that would be rare to happen these days. And maybe somebody out there, you're doing the same thing. But if it did happen, you'd be like, oh, what hardship. I mean, I'm imagining it was hardship because you don't have your own room for 20 years. 
you just did what you had to do. You made do with what you had. And so when we focus on Jesus, things like bedrooms and clothes from Old Navy and pizzas and all that extra stuff, it's not as exciting anymore. It's like the lady I said that had to leave Rwanda. Every single thing is just icing on the cake. It's not part of the cake. It's icing on the cake. See, we see everything these days as part of the cake. Like we can't have the cake unless we have all these things. Our life won't be complete unless we have all these things. These things are just icing on the cake. They are not what makes our life. Hardship is actually good for us sometimes. We don't want to become so spoiled that we are just never wanting. Because if we don't want and we don't learn to get through hardship, we really are becoming like spoiled children. And God has already given us everything we could ever want in Jesus. Everything else is just icing on the cake. So I want to encourage you, make do with what you have. Maybe make it even a little challenge to yourself. For one month, I'm just going to make do with what we have. If I run out of milk, we will just prepare recipes that don't involve it. If I run out of butter. We'll just prepare recipes that don't involve it, right? Because quite frankly, none of us are starving in America. I know for me, we run out of something. It's like, oh, I got to get to the store right now. We need it right now. What if we just made do with what we have in our pantry? What if we made do? Like back, you know, the pioneer days, they ate seasonally. They ate what was available each season. See, we don't have that mindset because in America, you can get oranges all winter. You can get strawberries all winter, right? You can get anything you want. But what if we're not just talking about our food? What if we're just thinking about everything as a whole? What if we just lived with what was available to us? Yes, we're blessed right now that in our country, you can get an orange in the middle of winter, right? But back in the old days, people just lived with what was available to them. They made do with what they had. Our lives would become a million times simpler. We would stop saying, oh, you know, I'm so tired. I'm so busy. I'm running around. If we just made do with what we had and we took our mindset off of We want, we want, we want, because then we have to strive and strive and strive, and then we're tired and tired and tired, and then we're complaining and complaining and complaining, and then our eyes are off Jesus and are not filled with the truth of God's word because God's word tells us not to strive in that way, not to complain, and not to take our eyes off of him and what matters most. And so I want to encourage you, Today, just today, what would happen if you made do just with what you had? And let that maybe spill over into tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Just make do with what you have. So often we find ourselves saying, I need this or this broke and I need to replace it. Or this is wearing out and I need another one. I want to challenge you. Make do with what you have. I'm going to be doing this in my family. Like I said, this mindset, we really we really need to do this regardless. But I feel like because we are in a place now, like I said, with college coming and all kinds of expenses, it's kind of forcing me to do this. But I'm really glad 
Because I don't want to live a life based on striving after things of this world. I want to live a life content in Jesus and letting everything else just be icing on the cake, right? And so, you know, I think about even our homes in this society. Like I, like I said about my grandmother, she made do with what she had. She had no bedroom. In our society, if you go back, and I, I actually researched this one time. If you go back, you know, decades ago, the average home was much smaller than what we have. And then it just keeps increasing. If you look as you go each decade, bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we have these huge mansions, which become like the norm. And I don't know. I feel like we're running around busy and tired and half the time in debt to keep up with these things that we don't need. Imagine the freedom if you just lived with enough and you just made do with what you have. I think there would be so much freedom from busyness, from toiling, from striving. And so, you know, I watch Little House on the Prairie all the time. You guys know that. I love it. And I, I do. I watch it and I look at their little house and how they have just enough. And there's something that draws me to that. And bigger isn't always better. We have enough in Jesus. We have all we need in him. We do not need to take our eyes off of that and constantly search for more. And so I'm going to encourage you guys, and I want to hear from you. Take this challenge that I'm giving you today. Will I turn this into like a formal internet challenge? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there today on the podcast. Let me know how it goes. Do it for a day. Do it for a few days. Make do with what you have. And let me know. Because I think the lessons are going to go far beyond financial. They're going to be about your heart and your contentment. And you're going to find yourself um, thinking on the things that matter most. And Lord willing, thinking about Jesus more than ever. And so I think this is more than a practice of just... um, like a financial discipline. This is a spiritual practice of living with just enough and making do with what you have. Now, I'm not saying out there to go and live with like the bare minimum. I'm not saying just have bread and water and nothing else, okay? So I want to just put a word of caution out there. What I'm saying is, do you need to run to the grocery store for every little thing? Do you really need new shoes? You know, like, do you really need um, that new greatest gadget? Do you really need all these things? That's that's what I'm talking about. Um, you know, there's many people out there who are always focused on my life will be better when I have a bigger house. And they're always thinking about that and then they can never afford it. And then it brings them down. So maybe it's not about like getting something. It's just about ma- like taking your mind off of what you think you need and just being content with Jesus. So I'm going to encourage you guys. For a few days, a day, whatever it is, maybe it'll lead into weeks, months, or a year. Just make do with what you have. Even if it's just in one thing, like not going to Dunkin' Donuts for that coffee because you have coffee at home. And I think it'll change your mindset. And hopefully in the end, it could change your life. 
So thank you for listening. I hope this podcast encouraged you. If it did, I'd love for you to rate and review it over there on iTunes or wherever you're listening because that helps me get the message out there to more people. Also, the Bible-based homeschooling e-course is still available. If you are interested in that, it talks about how we use the Bible as our main textbook for an entire year um, in our family. Uh, That is at simplylivingforhim.thinkific.com. Also, I have exciting news. We are planning a Simply Living for Him 2020 women's retreat. If you are interested, drop me a note at Karen at simplylivingforhim.com and I will put you on the newsletter to keep you up to date on that. And I just encourage you all out there to continue to keep your eyes on Jesus and live simply for him. I wish you blessings and joy until the next time.